Wait, welcome back to the X Podcast. This is what? Special edition episode 100. 100th episode Woo-hoo. of the X Podcast. It has yeah. been about two years we've been doing this. That's pretty been. crazy, isn't it? So, happy anniversary. Oh, you too, honey. You know, I. Uh, <laughs> what did you get me? I got you something in the well, box. Well, no, I <laughs> you, got you something. You did. From one of our last episodes. I don't know if it was the last one or the one before that, but we sort of started dissecting whether, well, first off, you asked, are donuts replenishing? Are they restorative? Yes, they are. And we're just deciding today that they are. Absolutely. And since it's a special occasion, we're going to do a little bit of donut sampling. Ooh, yes. And these are donuts local to the central Ohio area. So I'm sure everybody listening and watching are just going to love They're just going to love You all, well, watch. See, I don't know if you can see this. Is that can pumpkin? We? Wait, go Wait. Yeah, turn to this one. Get camera. I don't no, know where we're no, Other one. Other no, one. Other, other one. one. Yeah. Four. No, other one. They see it. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. No, turn so, this way. Yeah. Is that pumpkin? Oh. Uh, no, that is uh, California Dream. Mm. So here's the thing. I w- first off, I want to point out what is not on here. Two, two, first off, number one, Tim Hortons good. Nah. And, and Dunkin' Donuts are not here. Nah. Primary they're reason, they're average. awful. They're not They're not awful. They're just they not great. They are awful. Great. Dunkin' Donuts should... Wait, wait, wait. There's a reason... Can Dunkin we Dun- just at least agree that Tim Hortons pumpkin donuts are not bad? Yeah. There's a reason... Okay, okay. There's a reason Dunkin' Donuts literally had to drop donuts from the name and go buy <laughs> Dunkin'. That's not true. There, if you get a fresh vanilla cream... No, they're... Powdered no, vanilla no, cream. It's good. They're not. Here's why. Because they call themselves a donut shop. Now, before you go, we got to explain what's on here. Okay. They call themselves a donut shop, but they literally have their donuts shipped in frozen. They're literally (laughs) like cardboard. And then they, why don't even call themselves a donut shop? Um, I wish. Why they dropped it. So I I looked up, you mentioned a place in Chillicothe. Didn't have time to go there. Krispy Kreme. uh, Oh, by C. Now, Krispy Kreme's amazing. Let me tell you something. Regular Krispy Kreme with a K. Hot Krispy Kreme is great. Good if they're hot, but they're average. Krispy Kreme with a C. Oh, I that's told, the Chilli Coffee. It's the one, one in Chillicothe, and it's a local and been there for like 50 years and it's supposed to be amazing. I need to try that. Yeah. I did look up, uh, I can't remember what website it was, but Best Donuts of Columbus. Okay. So we have three represented here. Yes. Only one I've had before. This one, this one, this Those one, are and this small. one. These, these three these are, are no, no, no. Dragon Donuts. Oh, these? These four, four? are Dragon Donuts oh. from Easton. This is a maple bacon glaze oh. from Amy's I've Donuts. Had, I've had, I think I've had that one before. And this is the namesake Buckeye from Buckeye Donuts. Oh, that looks good with the peanut butter on so it. So go ahead. We need to we need to cut and these and, and we'll, try we'll cut them some of these. And we'll, so we'll talk about these. And, and while we're doing that, I want to just for the sake of this yes. being episode 100, I you talk, I'll eat. Okay, I found the top ten, not not most listened to. I didn't go on Apple and Spotify, which, by the way, if you're listening, hey, you know what? For those of you that are listening, if you have enjoyed being a part of this journey, first off, thank you for joining these conversations. It's been a crazy wild ride of two years. Mm-hmm. But do us a favor. We kind of say this as closing credits at the end, but it's easy just to pass by. That's what I usually do in a, in a podcast. But if you've enjoyed this podcast, take a moment, pause this, Leave us a review, rate five stars, subscribe uh, to it really helps. the channel. It really does help, and it means the world to us. And let us know what your favorite episodes have been. But I found 
Took a little bit of digging. Okay. The top 10 most watched on YouTube mm. episodes of the Ooh. last 100. What do you think some of them are? I'm just curious. I know you're eating. Um, this, well, this I know. Good. I know that the um, the one we just did on communication blew up. Mm-hmm. It was like the second most watched. I know one of the ones on Russia was one of the most watched. One Actually, let me just say something. But uh, in the top 15, yeah, we have like, I don't. I don't know why we did so many on Russia, but there's like four or five with the name Russia in them, and they all blew up. So if you're wanting to optimize your SEO, just mm. put Russia in whatever name you're trying to sell. This is really good. Beside that, I don't know. Okay, so let me give you the top ten, starting with the tenth one. A uh, couple runners up, episode 84, Roe v. Wade, hmm. um, and episode 73, Russia and Ukraine. But starting, some people will love this, some people will hate it. Bear with us. We'll, we'll get through this. But just the nostalgia, I just want, I want to celebrate. The tenth most watched on YouTube episode. Mm-hmm. Of the last two years has been was episode ninety three. Oh, that's recent. God and country, rise of Christian nationalism. Oh, you and Matt, Matt Johnson. Johnson. So if you want to go back, double dip, or if you have not watched it yet, that was that I was a great one. That uh, we might offend some people on that one, but I was going to blame Matt Johnson for yes. it anyway. You just got to blame the guest. Uh, interestingly, on a very similar uh, note, about a year and a half before that, coming at number nine is episode thirteen, attack on the Capitol, mm. America and Jesus. Future of the Faith. Okay. So they kind of came um, together. And then the episode eight, uh, episode 20, this was, or number eight, coming in number eight, was episode 24, Soul Pains, Kayla's Story, Joy and Grief. Mm. That was a heart wrencher. Ooh, this looks so good. Is this the Buckeye? I think that's my favorite so far. Is this your favorite? Yeah, It looks Buckeye. amazing. Anything with the peanut one with butter the and w- chocolate. That's the best marriage under heaven. Yeah. The one with Kayla was pretty incredible. Just hearing her story, um, it just kind of almost wrecked you a little bit. You know, yeah, and I wrote about her a little bit in my book, but we had her on here, and she shared a whole mm-hmm. lot more detail. And that was, was a pretty, so that was a good episode. Mm-hmm. So that was number eight. That was, was that number eight. Okay, coming at number seven was when uh, Kevin came back, episode seventy-one, Kevin's dream back to reality. Hmm. That was a fun one. Then this will not surprise you. Episode uh, coming at number six was episode sixty-eight, Olympic controversy and Russia. Oh, How yeah. to lose in order to win. Uh, Coming in at number five was episode numero uno. Num- the first one really? we ever did, me, you, and Kevin, License to Disagree, Personality Types, and Echo Chambers. Coming in at number four, uh, this was another recent one, was episode 97 with you, Trey, and Tucker, uh, How to Create Art, Embracing the Creative Grind, and Big Announcement. Coming in at number three. That was, that was very recent. Wow. Several, of these, several of these are recent. Coming in at number three was actually also recent, episode 91, If Hope is in the back. This was Hope, Rain, and Tucker on the power of environment, spaces, shape memories. Wasn't that one where you no, got... that wasn't the dating one. That mm. was the environment one. Oh, okay. Yep. That wasn't the one where you guys talked about um, Amber Heard. No. And Johnny Depp. No, that was forever ago. That one did not make Jesse, a list. But it was... It was, it was it did People well. don't like that. Oh, the, uh, you always are on the most recent celebrity gossip oh, I trends. I up with the drama. Yes, I do. Um, no, I don't. Dude, that Coming in at number two was the speaking and teaching one, developing communication skills. That's the one that well, we didn't know how to go over because it was just kind of off the cuff, but um, did really well. I think we're going to do a part two. Recall, Lydia did not like that one. We asked mm. Lydia afterwards. She's one that produces this. And no, I said, Lydia, what do you think? And she was just like, eh, it was just all right. And then, boom, it just was blowing up. And we're like, Lydia, you're so out of touch. No donuts for Lydia. Yeah, um, I think that's fair. I'm trying most Just of these. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to keep going. Okay. That California Dreaming one, pretty amazing. I'm not gonna the lie. The Dragon Donuts are amazing. I'm not gonna lie. 
Pretty good. Sorry for making you jealous if you're mm. listening or watching. You wouldn't like these donuts anyways. You and wouldn't. They're too good. And then coming in at number one, <laughs> again, to me, and for me it's so random, is uh, episode 75, Russia and Ukraine part two, is the world ending, is this spiritual, is the most watched. Interesting. Yeah. It was the second one that we did. That was the second one, mm-hmm. yeah. So anyways, that's our top, our top ten. You surprised oh. by any of those? Yeah, you have any that when you look back, you're like, Hmm. Those are my favorites, or ones that just stand of out. Those to you. or uh, no, just of any. Because oh. I don't know I, if you're if you're just now joining, kind of you know our little community. I don't necessarily know that I would say these are our best. These are just for whatever reason have been our most watched. Yeah, I don't know. I I uh, I was looking through. Um, I remember when we did the one marks of a cult enneagram. I enjoyed watched, that, one. Like, that one. Was a mm-hmm. little that one got a little spicy. I felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, email response and fallen leaders. I like when we've been able to engage with people. We've had some people write in some really challenging thoughts and questions and wanting us to wrestle with them. Yeah. You know, the one we did on yoga, Jesus and superstition. Mm-hmm. I, um, I was just thinking about that one. Yeah. I enjoyed that one. I, I did too. So some of those, <clears throat> I'm looking back in 2020 and every single one just felt like it had something to do with the pandemic mm. and oh, how we just created quite a stir we talking did. about uh, all of the stuff related to to that so i know that i'm biased but i love the ones with my cousin especially the first the ones we did that one summer in in person Mm -hmm. in person those i just thought were so fascinating yeah you got a lot of feedback um so anyways yeah let us know be curious to know your thoughts on your favorite episode so far and ideas i don't know i've tried almost all of these i do agree are the duck donuts the one that you had three of they're the cake donuts Mm -hmm. four of them they're good Um, they were good i would agree i don't Mm. This one probably was my least. No, it's your least favorite. Yeah. Amy's donuts. It looks a little cakey, a little dry. These are all cakey donuts, but it was kind of dry. That might have been one of the best. um, Anyways, here we are. Mm -hmm. Episode 100. And uh, how about you just talk this whole episode? It's like usually donuts. (laughs) I am curious. You know, we did this um, a few weeks ago, and I found it fascinating. But I'm just curious for you. Uh, anything recently that has been standing out that you've been learning, wrestling with, um, interesting, thinking uh, about? You're, you're uh, always you always have some I, esoteric science. I don't want uh, but I know I have been going down some deep rabbit holes of physics lately and string theory. Yeah, I you, won't get into a whole lot more. Than it, that, but is, it, is it this thing where you feel like at the end of each black hole is where the rainbows begin <laughs> that actually go back to Exodus 19? <laughs> You are so ridiculous. <laughs> is that, that's not it. No, I don't think that was it. <laughs> oh, okay, what is it? Um, wh- <laughs> what do you mean? What? what, what? So, you, been, did, you did have some fascinating thoughts a few weeks ago. I did, but I, yeah, I didn't share them with our podcast audience. I'm working on some stuff right now, but I really eternity. I like, I, yeah. There's just some things about time and uh, physics and God, mm-hmm. and I think that there's a space. Um, I'm working on. Loosely, uh, I don't know what it's going to turn into. I'm kind of at this place where I get inspired by something or an idea or concept, and I start working on it, and I don't know, man, is this going to be a podcast? Is this going to be a series? Is this going to be a book one day? Don't know, but mm-hmm. I, I find I'm very fascinated by the convergence of faith and science, mm-hmm. and two um, two institutions in many ways, loosely, I guess, call them institutions that have been diametrically opposed for hundreds and hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes people on um, 
side of science have um, a very limited materialistic uh, perspective because that's basically what science is. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there are a lot of things that scientists allude to that to me just seemed to really point to a God. Um, but I understand the world of science, that's not your logical end if you're a scientist and purely a physicalist. Um, and then on the other side, there's a perspective that I see with um, Christians, theology, um, that feels a little devoid of what science brings to it, which is, you know, to you, you can believe in the Bible, but allow science to fill in some of the understanding of context in the Bible without losing its meaning. And I think that sometimes we have create uh, tradition, mm-hmm. traditional thought has really overwhelmed um, any possibility of understanding how science can, can mix in with it. And so all that to be said, I, I've been very fascinated by string theory lately, very mm-hmm. fascinated with kind of where it's going, mm-hmm. the unification of all of our, um, all of the forces of physics and in is string theory that have the ability to bring both general physics and quantum uh, physics together and is it the you know some are saying the theory of everything and is that even possible and so what, what do you mean by the theory of everything you listen to the podcast i sent you by tim ferris with that one scientist that says we're reframing time and space he, dimensions yeah he was a, a neurocognitive or cognitive neuroscientist that really is um, running. So what's interesting is that for for a long time, I don't know if I like these Fruit Loops. I, I didn't think it was the greatest. For a long time, the um, observational science has led the way. So mm-hmm. observation, observational science would discover things through um, science studies, uh, you know, whatever observations. They would discover something and go, oh. We just realized that if you put these together, it creates this or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then theory would catch up. So then it would be like, well, why does that happen? It would kick it to the theorists, right? Science really kind of fi- falls into the really the, the observational type scientists, the experimental scientists, those who really spend most of their time in labs doing stuff. And then you have theorists who spend most of their time. I, and I like that aspect a little bit more, probably because I'm not a scientist and enjoy it, but it's mm-hmm. they're, they're probably, I'd say, more imaginative. Mm-hmm. They're intended to be that. They're more creative. They're more, they're thinking. Mm-hmm. The, what has propelled science is people who will think outside the box mm-hmm. and not think within the f- limits of science. It's interesting. I've been thinking uh, more than usual recently about Solomon from Scripture. Yep. A lot of people say he was the wisest person they ever lived. And really. And probably close to an agnostic. Mm-mm. Not. No. But I think. He won, and, and really, I think a lot about Queen Sheba, who was from, um, you know, a, a South Arabian kingdom of that time. It was one of the biggest, it was the largest kingdom at that time and um, came over. And part of it is research for something I'm working on. But, you know, historians say it probably took her seven months to travel from her kingdom to where Solomon was. And she came not to be entertained, not for anything else, but literally just... To sit at the feet of Solomon and absorb his wisdom yeah. and absorb and and it you know part of it is this whole kind of challenge I think a lot of us have in which okay she traveled seven months to 
pursue wisdom and knowledge. Yeah, and what, a lot of us, you know, <laughs> the greatest minds in the world are at our fingertips for free. Yep. Um, through books and podcasts. It really and it's is. Just, you know, and it just, I don't know, uh, not that it's wrong to enjoy other things and music and sports and all that stuff, but it, it shows, I think, priorities and passions. And But anyways, Solomon, I think I always told you this because I love science. I've always been interested in the sciences from, you know, from as long as I can remember as a little kid, I was studying astronomy and was obsessed with dinosaurs and space and all things astronomy and ge geology and all those things collected rocks as yeah. a kid was weird yeah um, but weird. you've been deep <laughs> you've, been, you've been really deep diving but i always told you i love that you know when we think of solomon we always think oh well, he's wise and he studied everything theology but if you no. read about what it says about solomon solomon had a broad oh. landscape of interests and pursuits and i love the fact that the bible says like he studied um, agriculture and, yeah. and and he studied birds and he studied and horticulture and he just studied all of these things um, in God's creation and in yeah. God's universe and I just I think I, I don't know uh, it, it, we do seem to have a weird probably modern blurring dividing not blurring but dividing of what we would consider secular and sacred and mm -hmm. I wonder why when it comes to God it. and the rest of the world yeah well and. They, they've been at odds for a long time. And so I, I, I have just some ideas, thoughts, theories, crazy musings mm -hmm. of when I hear stuff in science, I have enough of an understanding that I can understand science if it's mm -hmm. not too, like, too, uh, too deep into the field. Like, mm -hmm. I, I understand string theory as, a, like, a concept, an idea. Mm -hmm. I can understand it to a different level not to the level of mathematicians, not to the level of scientists who, I mean, spend their whole lives, they're, they're basically, you know, in school, get their doctorate degrees, postdoctorate stuff, work at universities, teach, spend all their time investigating, you know, observation and coming up with the, those, the to me, those people are incredibly brilliant. Mm -hmm. And and then you have also theologians who spent all their time studying scripture, having, mm -hmm. you know, could, you know, the languages and all that. Mm -hmm. I, I find myself, like I always say, jack of all, master of none. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think sometimes if you have a passion in both those areas that you will pursue wisdom and education mm -hmm. in both. And like you said, there we've, I've taken physics classes online and things like that. There's places, there's universities that offer free physics classes and things just because I want to learn it. Yeah. And I, that you can, that I have a perspective that I think is a little bit unique mm -hmm. that I, that I have enough in both worlds that when I hear things in science, I go, that yeah. sounds like that mm -hmm. could be the explanation for what Scripture says God did this. Well, and if all things and, are connected, yeah, and God is a, I mean, there, there's He. I don't think God sees things in the compartments that we see them. Mm -mm. I think He sees them outside of it and connected into it. Yeah. And so, anyways, it's fascinating for anybody that's not science geek and you haven't turned off. Yeah. It's just that's just what I, that's where my head's okay, been that's for what, a while. That's I've what you've been thinking about intellectually. What about emotionally? What deep, dark in the soul of Pastor Tim? Oh Tim, have my God! Weeping why and wrestling you, over. Yeah, I don't know why you have to do that mm. and go there. Why do you have to do that and go there? I just you know, I mean, what is it? What, what's the, what's the last thing you cried about? <laughs> what's, the, what's the last thing I cried about? Oh. I don't know. That's a great question. Um, I, I honestly don't know what the last thing is. Do you know? Do you remember the last thing you cried well, about? Well, here, here's the thing. I don't think you've probably cried since 1993. That's not true. Yeah. Why do you make me sound like a robot? <laughs> three wing three. Um, okay. I, I, there's something interesting. I was listening to, I think it was on a Tim Ferriss or Lewis Howell's podcast, I don't know, about a month ago. 
that I still am wondering about around the power and mechanism of motivation. And you do need to be motivated. Oh, you think so? <laughs> do I need to be motivated? No, no. Yeah. Um, my friends would say I probably need to take that down a notch. Yeah. Um, but I'm just glad you were motivated to get us donuts. Yes. That was a good motivation. Um, These aren't as good. But, you know, most scientists and sociologists would talk about the dopamine reward mm-hmm. of, you know, whether you read Power of Habit, Charles Duhigg from about 10 years ago, uh, to James Clear, Atomic Habits, to even people like Donald Miller who have switched into a little bit of philosophy, sociology, and how to plan your day. If you even look at the way that journals and uh, motivational, like, daily planners are organized, it's with the whole. Like, I was doing the Donald Miller story brand planning for a while, and literally you'd write out, here's the three things I'm going to do today. Here's my reward for doing it. And, I mean, you can go all the way to Pavlov's dogs and the salivating. So there mm-hmm. it, there is all this science behind dopamine yep. through, through healthy and then through unhealthy. You know, the, there's all the warnings about yep. uh, prepubescent kids with social media and, and, you know, even into addiction and alcohol and all these things. All that to say, I was listening to someone who is high on um, what's called. He was high on. <laughs> no. Uh, ayahuasca? No, not oh. high in ayahuasca, but um, really big into behavioral therapy, mm-hmm. motivational change. And he claims that most of the science is in now that dopamine given at the end of a behavior is actually demotivating and detrimental as opposed to dopamine during a behavior. Yeah. Which I thought was really odd. And he, he quoted this classic study where they took a group of elementary kids who would just draw and create art and and, and all of the and, and and they loved it. And then they took those same students mm-hmm. and they introduced behavior and reward. And okay, if you complete this drawing, then at the end you'll be given this donut. You'll be given mm. this treat or whatever. And what they found was the students that went through behavior reward ended up becoming less motivated and doing uh, not as well because what it turned into is what was play turned into drudgery, and they found themselves dreading and turning what they enjoyed into something that was a duty. And, and And he started giving all these examples, and he said the same is true for us. He said what you give as a reward at the end of a behavior is actually demotivating, and he argued that you should find ways to actually reward yourself while you're doing it. And, and, and a part of us from evolutionary theory, and he's like, look, you've got to actually find joy in the work, mm-hmm. in the process. That sounds you, like something you, Solomon said. Yes, you've got to find a way to dig deep and basically, he almost used the word transcendent, and transcendent, transcendently find a place inside where you enjoy all the work while you're doing it. He said, mm-hmm. or, I don't know. I still don't know what I think about it. What, what does that mean to you? I don't know. Like, mm. like I, I think, like, I mean, for instance. Means eat donuts while you're on the diet, <laughs> not at the end. That's yeah. what I got. Yeah, so I don't know. Mm, that's interesting. What do you think? Uh, Is that true? I've been, so interestingly enough, I've had, I've had some thoughts on dopamine mm-hmm. uh, and thinking, is it possible to retrain your body, your brain, I should say. Is it possible to retrain your brain? If you are aware that you do things 
that are not good because of dopamine hits. I think so. Yeah. I think is, is mm-hmm. if you have the cognitive awareness that, you know, every time I am stressed, mm-hmm. let's just say, I go and eat a bag of cheese puffs. Yeah. You know, there's, there's something in if you're that. Aware of your triggers. If you're aware of it, mm-hmm. then can you, can you modify, can you change? You know what I mean? Can, right. can you change that behavior knowing the reason why I'm doing this is because of what it's doing? And that could apply to anything. It could mm-hmm. apply to you're addressing an addiction to smoke or to drink or, you know what I mean? Pick, pick something that gives you a dopamine hit and you keep going back to it. Mm. And so... I was thinking about that just because a few weeks back I talked about it, that dopamine is a chemical that is released in romance. Hmm. It's released yeah. when you have a physical attraction for someone. Hmm. And so that's what causes that uh, attraction to happen mm-hmm. is, is dopamine and, and, and another drug. And, and it's like, not drug, but a chemical that's yeah. released in your brain. And so there's definitely neuroscience behind all of that, and I love that. And I don't know what that does for motivation because if you mm. – I mean, maybe what he's saying is if you put that reward way out at the end, yeah. you won't – you may not – and maybe that's a great reason why right. people don't stick with diets yeah. or exercise programs is because, you know, well, it's my reward is what's on the scale. My reward's right. what's at the end, right. you know, and they lose that motivation along the way because right. it just becomes – drudgery it becomes difficult yeah i was like like i don't know if it's like the the whole cliche fall in love with the journey though i'm I'm sure that's part of it but Mm -hmm. yeah it it did make me even just consider practically like for instance if i'm on if it's a friday and i'm like if i write for because a lot of times i'll set kind of arbitrary if if i write for two hours then at the end i get to treat myself you get to eat i get to you know (laughs) i let myself eat like whatever it is and i mean honestly a lot of times that works so I, i i'm i'm conflicted because there's something powerful about having a goal to reach towards. There's something yeah. powerful about having a reward to treat yourself for something that you feel like you've earned. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like sometimes I get the idea of like, man, I just feel like I'm on a never ending treadmill. If I got to work to mm. get this, I got to work to get that. Right. And so I don't know. I don't even know if it's. It's interesting. Uh, yeah. It interested me. Reward yourself. Okay. More. So I have a thought that um, I want to discuss. Uh, and see what you think that's been, I don't know, maybe helpful to, to anyone listening that right now is thinking through the fall, thinking through, man, like, the we're, we're, we're kind of autumn. like, yes, we're kind of in that in-between season of late summer, early fall. In fact, actually, your by, birthday. by the time this comes out, your birthday. it will be fall. And it's coming soon. P- part of this is Wait. I... I've, it's your birthday tomorrow? It's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. It's when tomorrow. we record this. It's tomorrow. I got you some donuts. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, but, yeah, so anyways, I've not talked a lot about it, and I've, I'm not mm. going to talk a lot about it until your deepest, darkest secrets yeah, ah, forever ago. But I have been working on writing the next book. Yep. And one of the chapters I've been working on, uh, I've been thinking a lot, it sounds weird, about palm trees. Mm. I love palm trees. Are you going to read part of your book to us right now? No. Okay. But I love palm trees for a lot of reasons. Number one, you know I love L.A. Yeah. I love L.A. and I love, you know. You know there are palm trees in other places, too. I know, but there's oh. something about L.A. palm trees. Actually, I mean, nerdy fact that you people listening would not care about. Maybe you'd care I about. Don't. You probably don't care about it either. But you, you do know that only 3% of the world has a Mediterranean climate. 
and LA is part of that 3%, mm. which is why it is so highly marketed and so highly prized because mm. it is one of the rare pieces on earth with its climate. Mm. But when the first settlers arrived, there were only a handful of palm trees. Like the in that 17th century, the, the, the native um, Americans that were there would huddle around the Los Angeles River, the few palm trees. In the 1800s, uh, the J-suits and missionaries came. They started importing palm trees uh, mm. for religious and ornamental reasons. And then it really wasn't until the 20th century, like 1930s, was the explosion of palm trees. Really? And they imported them because they wanted to make it this exotic Tropical. locale. That it, 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 this, yeah. uh, That's when, like vacation sunny warmer yeah. weather vacations became popular well, people in the didn't states take vacations until after world war ii usually well this is but this no is when money it, this is when it started this is when it started to rise in the 1930s in the 1930s yeah. they the city planners literally imported mostly from mexico mm. of the 12 types of palm trees in la only one is native mm. and they imported all these palm trees mm. And it started lining them down roads and yeah. cities. And so, anyway. I do, I do love palm trees. Whenever we go to Florida, wherever, that's always the first thing that my wife always takes note of. Yeah, yeah, Look, the palm trees. I know. That's, that means you're yeah. in a nice that climate. That means you're there. <laughs> yep. And you can smell the salt air. and the palm. So, I love palm trees. Yeah. Um, and I know some of y'all, <laughs> people are listening to this probably for the first no, time. No, they like, probably stopped. This is so. This they probably is... <laughs> stopped. Trust me. We're the only ones. Just you and I having a conversation Let's just talk today. Then. Let's just talk. Because no one cares about freaking palm trees. Hey. Okay, sorry. More go. than string theory. <laughs> or string theory. Only the nerds are listening yeah. at this point. But anyways, so. Indigenous palm trees. That'll be the title for this week. Great. <laughs> so okay. I love palm trees, but I also love them because of what they symbolize. There's, they're not just you know exotic and all these things. But palm trees actually do strength. A, they actually do a lot. Uh, they produce oil and wine. Mm. They obviously produce milk. milk. Um, they uh, they're very hydrated. There's a reason that they're in deserts because there there's more hydration and minerals in them than there is in regular water. So coconut water. That's why it's such a popular sports drink. Just coconut. Yeah, I love coconut. Yeah, I love anything coconut. Yeah, but palm trees also um, are known um, for obviously the shade they give. They're known for being durable, but there's also a lot of symbolism, ancient symbolism, uh, in religious connotations and in scripture. So yep, in, it's in scripture, Psalm 92, one of my favorite verses: <laughs> "He who's planted." And the household will flourish in the courts of our God. They um, will flourish like a palm tree, like the cedar of Lebanon. And over and over in well, Scripture. They actually designed palm trees into the uh, temple. That's right. They were inscribed yeah. into the, like they had woodworkers that designed palm. I always remember mm -hmm. that because That's I'm good. like, you're thinking back thousands of years ago yeah. and over in the Middle East and they had palm trees and right. they, they did. It was designed all into the temple, into the yeah. wood. It was carved into it. So, makes it holy. Yeah, so, makes you know, it holy. So yeah. there's so I, I love obviously you know they're gorgeous, they're amazing, they look beautiful. Wait, why are we talking about palm trees I'm again? Get, I'm getting there. Okay, but I love what they symbolize mm. because I think everybody in their life deep down wants a life that flourishes. I love that word mm. flourish. People don't want to just survive. It sounds cliche, but they want to thrive. They want to bloom. They want to blossom. They want to maximize their life. They want to feel like their life is fertile and that in every area of their life they live, Jesus said, an abundant life, an overflowing life, a, a spilling over kind of life, a vibrant, uh, rich, flourishing life. And over and over again in scripture, you see that connected to the palm tree. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that's always meant a lot to me is that whole idea, and you spoke on it a couple months ago about being planted. Yeah. That, that, that 
Planted, and in fact, I'll, I'll just give one little, one, one of the chapter titles of the book is called Planted to Prosper. Okay. And it's this whole idea of if I'm going to prosper it's in life. It's not planting palm trees? No. Oh. No, but I mean, I talk about palm trees. Okay. But planting to prosper. And so I think, I just think it's something that we overlook in life is that a lot of people, a lot of us, don't flourish in different areas of our lives because we're not rooted mm. and we're not planted. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's funny, in, in my office, it has kind of this, like, biographical thing of maps. It's yep. from the different cities I've lived in, yep. Greenville, uh, um, Louisville. Buenos Aires, uh, Lexington, Atlanta, Lexington. and then That's here. It. And then so it, it can look like, well, you know, well, you've gone here, there. But really, when I first, on, in a spiritual context, gave my life to Jesus, I went to like a million different churches every single, mm-hmm. I mean, almost every night of the week for a year. Yeah. And then someone told me, took me aside and said, hey, it's really important that you be planted somewhere. Yeah. This is eighth grade. I remember my best friend's dad, George, took me aside. He's like, it is important that you plant yourself somewhere. Yeah. And so for all the mistakes I made in my life, I really did. I, I picked a church, mm-hmm. and I stayed there the rest of middle school, through high school, through college, through after college. And then when my youth pastor, who was pretty much my pastor, said, mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to go plant a church in Lexington, I said, you well, I'm going with you. And so I really stayed planted really under the same leader for yeah. about 15, 20 years. Wow. And then even after he left Lexington, um, I stayed planted there to help the church for a couple more years before realizing, okay, time's done here, moved to Atlanta. Yeah. And my goal was to plant there for a while and then two years later that yeah, <laughs> and yeah. then I'm coming here. So it, it can look from my biography that that's not the pastors that, keep leaving you. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. Number one, that I have an abandonment complex of pastors. Yeah. <laughs> number two, but number two, that that I really have I forgot seen to tell you I'm moving to Florida. <laughs> I, I forgot it. to tell I you. It. I forgot to tell you. Happy hundredth anniversary. You should about, about <laughs> be used to this. By but now. <laughs> all of this to say, if there are a few things I feel like I've yeah. gotten right in life yeah. that I've seen the blessing yep. of, you know, you spiritual framework. I've seen the benefits of. It's being unless I just know God's calling mm-hmm. me to do something else. Unless yeah. I just or you know, or if you're in a toxic, abusive situation. Sure. But is is the power of of planting roots mm-hmm. somewhere? And bearing fruit from that oh. through conflict, through yep. disagreement, yep. through tough seasons. In fact, you know, it's only when storms come that roots actually go deeper. Yeah. Um, you t- you've talked about it. When, when you continually uproot, uproot you, the, and you, when you transplant, roots wither. Yep. Um, when you continue to transplant. And everybody, I, I, everybody I, has different callings. And but anyways, I'm just curious for you mm-hmm. wh- what that means. Obviously, yeah. you've spoken on it. Um, but what that means mm-hmm. and why you think that's so well, hard to okay. stay rooted. Yeah, no, no, no. I think that's a great. And not just I think in a place, a, but in every area of life. I think that's a great question. I was thinking about that as you were even talking. Um, being, I, I've kind of had a similar story in that I have been planted for, I've really only been in two churches my entire life. One, I, for the most part, grew up, you know, when my parents started leading a church in 1980, mm-hmm. um, all the way till we moved to Germany. And we were gone for three years in Germany, weren't really connected anywhere. It wasn't quite the same culture and environment, you know, over there. And then coming back, I went back to the same church, even though my parents didn't, and they were gone. Stayed there for, oh, my, another 10 years. It's where I met my wife. It's where we got married. Mm-hmm. You know, all it was, it was part of that church. So really, 20 years of my life was in that church. And then the last 20 years of my life has been in this church. Mm-hmm. So I've basically only been in two churches my mm. entire life, been a part of two churches. And I, I, I was thinking about that because I think that there's incredible value, not just for me, but where I see the benefit of planting 
that long over a period of time has really borne out, I think, more in my kids mm. than maybe even us. Mm. Um, the stability that it creates, the they know where we're going. They know what community we're a part. The friends that we've had have all been part of those communities. So it's not mm. like new friends in and out all the time. It's a lot of, I mean, some, but there's, they know our friends are connected to this community. They've grown up going to kids and going mm. to youth and, you know, getting married, one of them, and being a part of it. And so I really feel like the, what it talks about in Psalm 92 about there's a blessing that comes mm. from it. I think a lot of people never experience that blessing because they don't remain planted. Yeah. And why did people not remain planted? I, I was, I've been wrestling with that thought myself. You know, why is it that we, you know, this is what my experience, and I, again, I'm just applying this idea to the context that I know really well, and that's church life just because that's, you know, the, mm-hmm. what, what we do and what we're a part of. But I have found that for whatever reason, I feel like there. Everybody that comes to a new church that is so excited, I can't tell you how many people in the history of our church, I mean thousands, have come to our church who will tell you how excited they are to find a place that feels like home, how excited they are for whatever to three years, five years, eight years later leave upset. Maybe it's not upset, just I'm bored. I think some people get bored, mm-hmm. they, you know, and they, you know, I think the newness of a community does wear off after mm-hmm. a little bit, you know, the, the experience and the music and the messages and this and that, you know, and, and so I, I do see a contrast between, I think in our culture, we have such a short attention span. We have this, um, you know, kind of ADHD type of mentality when it comes to communities. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the reason is because we go to communities like churches and other things to get something. Mm-hmm. We don't go to plant and be part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We go so that what can it do for me? Yeah. People go looking at people go looking for a church and go, okay, what's the kids program like for my kids? Mm-hmm. What's the youth program like for my, my student? Mm-hmm. What is the worship like for me? Because I'm really picky about the music. And I like that. Oh, what's the message? Yeah, I, I like that. Oh, what do they have in this for group? What do they have for me? And mm-hmm. so it all becomes a very self-centered view of moving to a new community like yeah. that. And when they find this stuff that matches, they get really excited because they're mm-hmm. like, this is what I've been looking for, and I feel at home, and I love this. But when the newness of that wears off, when the only thing you're there is to get and mm-hmm. to receive rather than to be a part of yeah. it, to invest in it, to serve alongside, to find your purpose in it, then it, I think the newness wears off and people get bored. Mm. Yeah. I think they're like, you or, know, it's like, I just want something new or I need a change of scenery. And, or if there's a fence. Or if there's a fence and people get upset and move and they leave instead of either working through the offense. And there was things in, uh, in my previous church that, you know, I mm-hmm. stylistically that I didn't agree with uh, that we wanted to do and... I was serving the lead pastor. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I told, and I told him, I, you know, we had great conversations. I mean, they're very honoring. I was like, Hey, have we thought about trying it like this? Is there, you know, what about this? This is, you know, a thought. And, and, um, we had great conversations and, but I was there to serve whatever he felt like he was called to do. And yeah. I did that while I was there. Yeah. I just and, think, and, it, and, and, and I did it with a good attitude and it. I didn't, we didn't leave on bad terms. We yeah. left because we felt like God said to start another church. Right. And I think, I mean, it sounds really cliche, but I just think there's, it's so easy to get excited and want the sexy things in life, but um, I, I wrote in my journal a thing about it a year ago, like, no faithfulness, no flames. The mm-hmm. faithfulness, plantedness, 
are the things that the things beneath the surface, digging roots beneath the surface and the things that matter is what produces the fruit one day that everybody dreams about. Mm-hmm. And so I've just been thinking about not just in church, obviously the context of Psalm 92 is in the local church mm-hmm. that there is people, especially now, you know, I feel like in this day of time that is very under celebrated. Mm-hmm. And that is something that's interesting in this post COVID era of really valuing the weekly consistent, faithful, planting in, in a local church. And, you know, if you're a follower of Jesus, I just, I just can't highly celebrate and emphasize that enough. But I've just been thinking, I, I think the principle applies broadly. In whatever area of life that I plant myself in, I will flourish. Mm-hmm. And so I've just been thinking, like, what, what are the er- other areas of, of life that I want to be planted? Mm. Um, I think, like you would say, I mean, you, it was kind of uh, parenthetical, but in family, mm-hmm. like some... Like for your family to flourish, you gotta be planted in there. You gotta be rooted in it. I think being planted gotta, in a um, a community like a school community, mm-hmm. I think can can be a good thing. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean if there if there are bad things to the community, find a new one. But I think, you know, I also spent three years over in Germany with the military, and um, you know, I, I ran in and met lots of, you know, let met lots of kids mm-hmm. my age that was in school that I was in school then. That their experience, that was only my small experience with military mm-hmm. for, was those three years. But many of them whose parents have been in military for years and years, you know, every three years are PCSing to a new base in a new mm-hmm. area. And they're moving, oh, I've lived in Korea, I've lived in Germany, I've lived in, you know, this mm-hmm. part of the country of America, this part, you know. And um, that's, part, I mean, that's part and parcel with being in the military. You're going to mm-hmm. move around. But I also know that it's really challenging for those students. It was really difficult for them to build real friendships. Mm-hmm. You know, you build real good friendships. You, it's like, oh, I feel like I just met a best friend. Yeah. Oh, we're moving. Right. You know, and you end up, so you end up with a diverse picture of life, which can be good. That's the, the mm-hmm. good aspects of that. Right. But I think the downside is, is that there's not that longevity. There's not the stability that comes with that. Mm-hmm. There's not the long-term friendships that you can develop. There's mm-hmm. things like that. So I think being in a school community mm-hmm. and, and being a part of that community, that's yeah. one thing we've been fortunate to be part of the community we're in for several years, watching all our kids mm-hmm. go from younger age all the way through high school. Yeah. The last one senior. I feel like we know right. almost everybody. You know, right. it's we don't, but we know so many people. We've got to know a lot of amazing families, mm-hmm. a lot of amazing people. And so that's broadened my – that's a community that I've been planted in yeah. for yeah. You know, years. And I like that because I've made some great connections. I've been able to mm-hmm. – you know, some, some, several of them go to our church now. Yeah. Yeah, I've just been thinking – I don't know. For me, maybe it won't inspire anybody else, but for me, I've just been thinking through what are the areas of my life that I want my roots to go deep mm-hmm. and that I want to flourish in. And I, I obviously have seen the blessing of, of being planted under leadership, planted in the local church, um, planted in, in, in a community if God calls you to for however long. And everybody's different callings. I mean, right. you, you, and even in Scripture, you have the Apostle Paul who'd visit, yep. had an apostolic calling, and, he, and he's going, and everybody has different. But the, planted loyally with friendships, yep. yeah, that's a lost art. Yeah. I, I've seen the fruit. I think one of the joys of my life is lifelong friendships and people that I've done life yep. with for a long haul who know me in and out, the good and the bad. There's fruit that comes from, yep. and I think mental health that comes from, as long as they're healthy and they're not toxic or abusive, lifelong relationships, yep. lifelong friendships. Again, in a faith context, not just being somebody who, who hears scripture on Sunday, but plants myself in the word, mm-hmm. that, that, that my roots in scripture go daily and go deep. Um, you know, I went on a little prayer walk last night around my apartment, I was just thinking to myself, you know, I was thinking about some of the, my own 
internal pressures or worries mm. or stressors. And I was like, what would I tell myself if I'm sitting on the other side? And it's not yeah. a good question to ask. Yeah. And I would, and I thought back to the last message I preached of like, <laughs> okay, am I abiding? And it's a really yeah. Christianese word, but in, in other words, am I going to church once a week and getting my little scripture checked off in the morning? Or am I like deeply during the day planting myself, as Paul would say, that your roots would go down deep mm-hmm. in the love of God? Am I, am I, and so anyways, I thought about all that. And mm. then I started thinking about, Really, a lot of my heroes are people who literally are just sitting on decades of faithfulness. Yeah. When you think about your heroes, yeah. I mean, I started, th- I mean, when I was thinking about Erwin out in LA, he's sitting on mm-hmm. decade after decade de- after decade of faithfulness and is now, and a lot of times I think in society, I'm not talking about like Instagram influencers, but a lot of the people that you would consider legends or heroes, whether in sports or in, in uh, spirituality or in uh, whatever it may be, there are people that are sit. You look at them like they're an overnight success, but they're not. Mm. There are people who are sitting on decades, years and years and years of sacrifice. A lot of people I heard A. W. Tozer say one time. He's like, somebody asked him, "What do you do with all the people that? Um, what, what's your secret? All these people have come against you, and you weather these storms." And I, I thought he'd say something really spiritual. He says, "You know what I've done? My secret." And he goes, "I'll tell you my secret. I just outlived my critics." <laughs> I, I think a lot of people have just outlived their problems, mm. have outlived their critics, and eventually faithfulness and rootedness gives way to harvest mm. and years of fruitfulness and fruitfulness. I look at your life and the 20 years you've faithfully served, I think you would probably say, mm-hmm. you know, you've had great years, but you'd probably say right now, there's things you still want to happen, but you're yeah. sitting on mm-hmm. um, the fruitfulness of that faithfulness. Yeah. But then anyways... I know we're going long, and but here was here's my little tension point though, that, that my, the the little nuance though, is palm trees. There's another aspect of palm trees mm-hmm. that is really inspiring, that I feel like a lot of people that are good at being rooted, good at being faithful, good at being firm, good at sticking true to their convictions, aren't so great at this other thing. Okay, so palm trees they prosper because they're planted, but they also flourish because they're pliable. Palm trees weather storms because they have bend Mm. and because they actually sway with storms and they're flexible. And so I don't, in my weird, this is just Russ mine right now. I started thinking, I was like, okay, the people I look up to, they're like that. Yeah. I started thinking, again, talking about Erwin. He's someone who is planted, faithful, integrous, and serving, but also broad mind and adaptive and innovative and flexible and not dogmatic. But yeah. I, I started thinking about my other here's Louis on, on I just started thinking about it. I'm like, wait, isn't it true that the people that seem to do the best in life that I, that I look up to the most are anchored where it counts, mm. but have a broad horizon where it doesn't count or, where, where, or, or, or on the rest of the things? Yeah. And I started thinking, I don't know. It just got me thinking. What 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 are the things mm. that are good to be planted? Where where is it good to be planted but pliable, firm but flexible, anchored, but an ever expanding horizon? What does it look like to? Okay, okay maybe, maybe this is um, controversial. What does it look like to have a firm hold on Scripture, but as I grow, yeah. to be open minded in how I interpret or how I apply? Mm-hmm. What does it look like to um, be have have a maybe maybe this is a good one? What does it look like to have a firm hold on my values, but an open hand on what that looks like politically? Yep. What does it look like? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, how does that land with you when you think about that? <laughs> how, how do you maybe steward the balance 
between being a person that's planted and anchored, but open-minded and flexible? It's mm. a good question. I mean, I think a, I think it's a very good point. I think it's very true. I think being flexible, and, and, and I think we can do that. I think, you know, when I think about the part that is firmly rooted is the part you don't see that's under the ground, right. you know, and that's with the trees. It's that. So I think we all need a base mm-hmm. that is kind of immovable. Yeah. Right? Yes. I think when you talk about what is bendable yeah. versus what's not bendable. Right. And I think for someone who, this is where I think this is an interesting application. If you are someone of faith who, say, is a, a follower of Jesus and you go, mm-hmm. Scripture is is my root system. Yeah. You know, you could say, or, or whatever. You know, right. my faith and my, and, and so there are truths that I believe about God, truths that I believe about um, just other people in life that, um, that I believe because of scripture that to me, it's like, they don't change right. the way I, you know, the way I'm going to live my life from those values, they right. start from the ground to come up. Right. But I think how that gets worked out in your life, I kind of think about, you know, just the whole idea kind of makes me think about the idea that's often seen in the church world of finding God's will. Mm-hmm. And, and it's this whole idea of, you know, do I got to find this one center point um, that I got otherwise I'm missing it? Or is it that whatever you do, mm-hmm. yeah. do it as though you're doing it for the Lord right. and that there's flexibility. Like God told Joshua, wherever you set your foot, I'm right. with you. And so there's an essence of when you are operating according to that foundation, mm-hmm. that's in your, I feel like all the rest can be super flexible. So right. it, you don't have to be so rigid and it yeah. could be your job, your career. It could be in your values. It could be your political. I mean, my political yeah. views have changed yeah. drastically in the yeah. last 10 years, but yeah. my foundation hasn't yeah. changed. I haven't yeah. moved at all. And I think as mm-hmm. I grow, it informs me. Mm-hmm. And, and so I filter everything that's above the surface. Yeah. I'm going to filter all of that through what's beneath the surface, the foundation that yeah. holds me, that keeps me planted right. in my faith, that keeps me planted. But, but I, my, a lot that's preference. Mm-hmm. A lot of life is preference. A lot of life, and, and that, I and need I to think be it goes back, And I think it goes back to what you expose yourself to and how open of a mind you have. I yeah. just, it's just interesting. I, I have, I'll, I'll have people that I'll get around that I've been around for 10, 15 years that will... <laughs> And I think they mean it's calling me like, Rush, you have not changed at all. Your, the, your mischief, your laugh, your, right. all those kind of things. But then I have a couple other friends that know me really, really well and that, are, that have told me, and I almost kind of think they mean it as an insult. They're like, they're probably speaking primarily politically, but maybe even some theologically. They're like, you've changed. Mm-hmm. And I, I even have a friend, and it's not a knock, but, and he's one of the best people I know, but he's like, people know I have not changed an iota in the last 15 years. And... And again, this isn't a knock, but he's still reading the same people, listening to the same people, has the exact same thoughts on me- methods, mindsets. And again, I'm not trying to criminalize that, but I think back and I'm like, it just made me think back. I'm like, okay, have I changed? And then I, I, I realized over the last 20, 25 years, the majors of what I believe about scripture, about God, about Jesus, about eternity, None of that's changed. Right. Actually, none of that's changed. The value system I believe about Jesus and people and the gospel and love and compassion and justice and what's right. And actually, none of that's changed at all. But when it comes to almost everything else, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like politically, I'm a different person than 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Methodologically, 
I'm a different person than 10, 20 years ago. When it comes to the peripherals of theology, I'm a different person than 10, 10 20 years ago. Yeah. And I actually hope that, I heard Judas Smith say one time in, in a message, he said, I hope I don't recognize myself this time next year. Mm. And he said, and I hope that's true every year. Yeah. And so it just made me think, like, what are the ways, like, what, is it, is it a healthy balance to strive for to be anchored and rooted? Mm. I, I, I want to, every year, I want my roots to go deeper in love deeper in scripture, mm-hmm. deeper in loyalty, deeper in compassion, deeper in creativity, deeper in that. But my mindset, I want to expand with every passing year. Mm-hmm. The way I think about those things, yeah. my perspectives, the angles I approach, the nuances, I want to expand mm-hmm. every year. So I don't know. I don't know if what I'm wrestling through in my writing is <laughs> even makes sense or sure. is helpful in my listening. But for me, I just, it, dots are starting to connect of like, okay, yeah. this is... This is a life that flourishes, mm-hmm. that's planted but pliable, yeah. that's firm but flexible, that's anchored but expanding. Mm. Um, and good. so, I don't know. Yeah, it's good. When we get to read it, who knows? By before the end of 2023, I hope. Okay. Let's just before say the end that. of 2023, that's probably good. Now. That's good. Let's just say that for now. Before the end of next year, mm-hmm. you hope that it's going to be out. Uh, All right, you want to say anything else about the book right now, or we're going to wait? No. We're going to wait. We'll we'll wait. All right, you don't want to drop a title, or you don't want to? Nope. What about you? No, I can't. I don't have anything right now. No? Nope. You haven't been writing anything? Nope. Not really. Huh. Not anything officially. Okay. Ideas, thoughts. Okay. Things like that. Well, I'm I'm always trying to capture ideas and thoughts for future stuff, but I haven't actually set to begin the writing process on next book, but I'm probably going to do that soon. Hmm. I'm going to do this. It's exciting. What about? So, uh, we'll find out. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure yet. We'll find out. I don't believe I am sure, but I, yeah, I'm not don't ready to talk it. about it. I get yep. that. Uh, one last question. We're going to close. Okay. Um, in over the last two years, mm-hmm. what has been at this table meant? What's, how, how if, if any, is there a yeah. way it's affected you, mm-hmm. encouraged you, challenged you? Yeah. I think all of the above. I don't know that I could say just one of those. So um, it's been it's been great to be able to talk about real life issues, mm-hmm. real life things. I mean, one of the things that we, one of the reason why we created this is just because of the community we're in, and this isn't just for that community, but because of the, the role that we're in and we understand the environment that we're in at church, that there are like, there's, there's an avenue for teaching scripture. There's an avenue for different things, but sometimes there's not an avenue to talk about some of the most pressing real life things that are happening in our world, in our culture. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like this has been in many ways, I, I hope a helpful tool for people to understand how we are processing things. Mm-hmm. Not that that matters a whole lot, but I know that the influential role that we have in our community, that it's, it, it can be helpful for people to understand this is how you think and mm-hmm. why you think this way. So we kind of wanted to set a little bit of an example of how can we talk about things and some stuff we might disagree? Mm-hmm. How do we talk about current cultural events and see mm-hmm. those through the lens of just two humans, yeah, to Americans, but also to Christians? And mm-hmm. we kind of have sometimes taken different approaches on all yeah. of that. You know, we're we're all the same person. I'm not, and we're all kind of we all are that. Yeah. But we we're different in the way we see life, the way our experiences are different, mm-hmm. our makeup's different. And so um, it's been fun. It's been um, it, it's a it's an enjoying mm-hmm. joy, uh, enjoyment for me. Yeah. Um, I think it's also kind of a, I don't know. It's a, 
don't want to say scratch the itch, but it just gives me an opportunity to flesh out ideas and mm-hmm. to be challenged by them. I've, I've, I think some of my favorite parts have been, and I think about, you're talking about pliability. It's like, there's probably things that I can think of for sure. I know there have that my mind has been changed on stuff mm-hmm. because of our conversations that we've had for the last mm-hmm. two years, that the topics that we've wrestled with mm-hmm. that have literally been wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like when we, yeah. we say, I mean, we get up here and talk. Sometimes we look stuff up a little bit. So we're a little bit informed when we talk about something. But mm-hmm. a lot of time we're off the cuff. And this is, I don't know, this is the way I experience it. This is the yeah. way I feel. But I think um, even in that process, I have learned and grown a yeah. lot of ways. And Same. so I don't know. It's whatever those three were, it's been all of those. And it's mm-hmm. been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I look forward to continuing these conversations. And yeah, I don't know. What about you? Same. It's been, and you know, just to applaud you, what you said is true. Is, I mean, as far as being open to being challenged, I can't count how many times you've come to me after an episode and been like, "You're right, and I'm wrong." And, and <laughs> okay, and just, like, all right, yes. <laughs> and we know that. <laughs> and we know that Russ is back. Yes. Oh, uh, you set that stuff up so well. You just, you just go into it so seriously and. Anyways, no, it's been fun. You know me. You're you're three wing three. I'm a three wing four. Okay. So I, I get very. Um, I have nostalgia over it. It's meant a lot mm-hmm. to me. It's been, you know, I I I won't. Last year for our fiftieth, I did like a long post of what all it's yeah. meant. So if you follow me on social media, you can go back and yeah, read my the anymore. longest post I've ever done. Um, honestly, but yeah, it's been a place started in 2020 really to help pe- people feel less alone yeah. and a, a lot of what you said to humanize ourselves to people we, you 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 want to spend more time with every single person than you get to and um but uh really is as as a sense of community we want it to continue to become more and more just a sense of community help people feel less alone and and to be enjoyable hopefully but then also yeah for us to wrestle with issues like you said i i love that I feel like I've grown because a lot of times we're getting ready to tackle something pretty serious and you can't become an overnight expert, but you research as much as you can and educate yourself as much as you can. And then we come together and we challenge each other and hopefully learn from each other. And then hopefully it's the learning process we're all on. Yeah. And, um, and so the, the learning process, the wrestling process, selfishly on a personal level, just the therapeutic getting to process, not just what's going yeah. on in the world. Yeah. I, I think about it this way. At this table, we, we process what's going on in the world and process what's going on in our world. Yeah. We process, there's a lot of internal episodes. It's been a good form of Here's, counseling. Yeah, actually. it really has. Therapy. But, but, and I didn't tell you this, but I actually got a lot of feedback from uh, the episode. I don't know if it's the last one that came out, but I'm quite quitting. A mm. lot of people, I, I was actually out there with a couple last night at BrewDog that said, I can't believe the timing. I've had several people say, I yeah. can't believe the timing of that episode. Mm. That's what I'm wrestling with. Mm. And the text and the emails always mean more than I think yeah. people know. Yeah. Uh, love to know that it's and, and, and it's a place, effective. too, where look like there's been controversy sometimes over it. The point is never to have controversy, but the, the point yeah. is for us to challenge ourselves and anyone listening, let's all keep thinking higher and loving deeper and living better. Well, and the first episode we ever did yeah. was called License to, to disagree. disagree. So this is a place where uh, we disagree with each other. At times you're going to disagree, yeah. but how, how can we model yeah. disagreement? And yeah. unashamedly, this is a place where hopefully if you're not a person of faith, this is, this is uh, you feel welcome. You feel a bridge. Yeah. And maybe if you are a person of faith and you've been a person of faith for a long time and have some uh, perhaps some echo chambers, 
or, or boxes that sometimes we as people of faith can box ourselves in that it challenges other boxes. Pliable. Yeah. Yep. Um, that we, we they become pliable on top. Yeah. That we have. It's it's it is possible to have firm, strong, rooted convictions and be open-minded and pliable and teachable, and that you can uh, disagree agreeably. Um, and so thank you for being a part of the journey. Yep. It really has meant a whole lot to us. And especially, this is probably one of our most rambling episode for our 100th. Yeah, but we had donuts. But we had donuts. And so um, we would love moving forward from the 100th episode again, just to tackle the deepest things on your heart and mind. So email us podcast at the X.Church. Church. And uh, always going to tackle the deepest things on people's minds. Sometimes. Yeah. It'd be fun to hear. Yeah. It'd be fun to hear. Yeah. And again, let what us know do, your favorite you episodes. What do you want to know about? What do you want us to wrestle with? What do you want us to wrestle with? Wrestle with. Wrestle. Hustle with. You keep wanting to rename the podcast more or less. And I don't know <laughs> that we should do that because it's the. <laughs> Thank you for being part of the X Podcast, and uh, it's the 100th episode, so go get you some donuts, eat them, and share this with a friend. Hey, ladies, we have some donuts for you in the back if they were not stolen by Tucker. He came back there at one point with the box in his hand. That's why I was (laughs) got flustered at one point. I said no. So anyways, signing off. Signing off. Love you guys. See you next week. Love the whole community. Bye.